Welcome to Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem, and this week on the show, we're going to continue with our Sermon on the Mount series. We're going to talk about being a peacemaker. What does it mean to be a peacemaker during this time? Uh, we're going to talk all about peace. It's going to be a great episode. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. Before we get into the show, I want to tell you about something that's really special that I've been offering as of late. It's called Reveal Living Room. It's for the community of people who listen to Revealing the Diamond. It's an opportunity for us to engage in conscious communication. And I share things on there that I don't share on other social media platforms to build community. It's like coming together in my living room and talking about life and talking about practice and we can exchange and you can be a part of the community and we can share together. It's something that I do as an act of service uh, for listeners of Revealing the Diamond. So if you feel like you could use more community in your life, consider joining the Reveal Living Room. All you have to do is click the link. I'll put it in my bio here and I'll also put it on the screen right down below here and you just click it and off you go, and you can join in in the conversation. I've been talking a lot about spiritual practices that I've been doing as of late, the state of the world, the exchange on there has been wonderful. So if that speaks to you and you enjoy the show, please consider being a part of the Reveal Living Room. Also want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Minds Die. Thank you, Minds Die, for everything you do. Longtime sponsor of the show. Really grateful for all of your work. If you could use some custom dyed pieces, whether it's like a bedspread, sheets, kimono, hoodies, t-shirts, you name it, she can do it. Check out Minds Dye on the Etsy store today. Okay, well, I've really been enjoying doing this uh, series on the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's very poignant information, especially for the state of the world right now. Uh, if you missed the previous episodes, you can go back and, and listen to them, whether you're on Spotify or on YouTube, wherever you uh, check out the show. Please do go back if you haven't heard the previous episodes. Today we're talking about Blessed Are the Peacemakers. But before I do that, I just want to say, if you love the show, if you love the work that I share, please give me a, a five-star review, whether that's on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, uh, it, or even you know subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I really appreciate the support, and I love being able to share from my own experience, and I love hearing from you. So if, if there's something you'd like to hear me share on on the show, you can also get at me at tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com. Uh, I do my best to respond to all the emails and take any kind of feedback into consideration. So thank you to everybody who's reached out over the past few weeks. I really appreciate that. If you're feeling like during this time you could use a little extra support in your life, I have uh, currently, space is open for the mentorship program. So if that's something that you want to do, either email me at tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com or go to the mentoring section of tiagoprem.com and you can fill out an application there and we can get into uh, that next sort of chapter of your exploration and, and I can support you as best I can. Um, and also, as I mentioned in the intro, you can always become a member of the living room. That is a gift, uh, an offering, an act of service for the community. Everyone's welcome. And you can find the link to that in the show notes down below. 
So continuing with the Sermon on the Mount, today we're talking about this line, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will become children of God. Uh, And I want to start here with a question. And the question is, do you feel like today, in the world that we live in, wherever you are, whether you're in Mexico or the United States or Canada or Germany or Costa Rica, or I'm thinking of the places when I look at the analytics for the show, all the different places that people are listening from, New Zealand, um, do you feel like, from your perspective, where you are globally, do you feel that making peace is a priority in today's world? Big question, right? Do you feel like, yeah, I mean, you could look at your own personal life, but just generalizing, let's go big, let's cast a wide net and then kind of narrow it down. So do you feel like making peace is a priority in today's world? All right, so first we're going to look at the obvious large influential groups like the government, uh, legacy media, corporations, and major religious organizations. And, and we'll take a look at, at all of them and, and just sort of see if we can get a feel for what it means to be a peacemaker, essentially, by, by looking at this big picture and then looking at it more on a personal level and then marrying them all together. So do you feel or do you is it your experience or your sense that governments in general are seeking to create peace in our world? I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes or thinking, like, what kind of a question is that? But the fact that you even have that response is problematic, right? To be political, the etymology of the word politics is to care about people. And we've turned it into this thing where if you're political, then you like to fight or something like it's uh, you're um, pugnacious or something like that. But that's not what it means to be political. What it means to be political is to care about people. So if we look at governments, you know, are governments making peace a priority in our world? And I would say they're not. I would say they're not. I would say for the most part, governments, and I know every place is different and there's good and bad to everything. I recognize that. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know we're always working with these polarities. There's nothing absolute about this. But just generally speaking, I would say that most governments operate like businesses. And they're looking to be financially competitive on a global stage. And in the process, perhaps not in all cases, perhaps, their citizens will have enough money to eat, sleep, and multiply. But is peace at the root of the government's intent? Questionable. Peace could potentially be a byproduct of government's financial endeavors, but as far as peace being a priority, I would say no. It's not a priority, generally speaking, when it comes to world politics. Economics is a priority. Peace is a byproduct. Like if people have food to eat in a general sense of freedom, perhaps there will be peace amongst society, but peace does not seem like a priority for the most part. Okay? What about corporations? Is there a difference between what I described in governments, between corporation and government? Not really. And I think we can, I think we can just leave that one there. We can generally see that most governments are operating like corporations, you know. And if and if you have a bone to pick with me about that one, just let me know. Tiagaprem at tiagaprem.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, 
what about religious organizations? Media, I think media, let's let's go back to media for a second. Is media looking to promote peace? I don't think so. There's a narrative that is driven by corporations. There's a narrative that is driven by governments, which those things are synonymous, it seems to be. And even in the realm of social media, this is a new, uh, newish way of us connecting with each other. Are the just go to the sort of the root of the social media? Who's in charge of the social media? The same corporations and governments to working together for economic gain. And we have the capacity, like you're listening to this show right now, we have the capacity to operate within these corporations and share in a way that we haven't shared before. But at the root of it, is the organization making peace a priority? I would say no. And are the people on social media making peace a priority? Let's get to that. Let's leave that one lingering because that's getting more into the personal. So no to governments. No to corporations, no to media as far as peace being a priority. Last one, what about religious organization? Is there a difference between corporations, governments, and religious organizations? On the surface, I would say no. It all seems to be um, an exp not exploration, but an endeavor, an endeavor to uh, cultivate financial wealth and an attempt to gain financial contribution from customers, essentially, like the believers are customers, financial contribution from customers slash believers, and in gaining that financial support, they'll achieve some kind of stability in order for the organization to function. Now, there's only one small difference, and I would say the difference is at the root of the religious organization, which is why the organization exists in the first place. Now, you could go this route with freedom and democracy as well, although true democracy is not something that we have seen yet on planet Earth, but let's save that for another talk. What I mean by that is that democracy at its core is meant to be about freedom, freedom to choose, and then the collective choosing together. And we've seen variations of that, but to see true democracy, we are still evolving, okay? So let's save that for another talk, and for now, look at why these religious organizations begin in the first place. At the root of religious practice, whether we're talking Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Sikhi, indigenous wisdom traditions, Buddhism, yoga, Vedanta, the list goes on and on and on. At the heart of these practices is compassion. Recognizing that the other person is you. That we are all connected. And when we embody this awareness, something special happens. There's a space for healing to take place. True prosperity can arise. We align more with the wisdom of the earth and with each other. And this connection is beyond the surface where peace is accessible, personally and interpersonally. And there are examples of this in all spiritual religious traditions. And at the same time, there's corruption and greed and complications of ego in religion, just like there are in politics and business. 
Some of the challenge we face today is that we're constantly looking for the flaws in ourselves and others. And in doing so, we neglect to cultivate the fertile ground for peace to be seeded and grown. You with me? So if we're constantly existing in a frequency of finger-pointing, blame, uh, looking for the flaw, shaming ourselves and others, how can peace exist in that environment? It's very challenging. And that's where the root or the seed or the heart of the religious practice, the spirituality, use whatever, whatever language you like, because at its core, it's the same thing. It gets covered over, and then this blame, shame, finger-pointing, greed, all of the uh, self-indulgent, self-serving practices we participate in makes so much uh, noise or crowds the space so that peace cannot exist. And then we are in survival mode. And then we're in more is better mode. And then we're in doesn't matter who I step on on the way as long as I get what I'm looking for mode. And then, you know, the essence of the religion is gone. And then the religious organization becomes just like the government, just like the corporation, just like the legacy meeting, media seeking to exploit or to be superior to, or whatever other ego trips we may participate in, okay? And, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I'm so tired of being lied to by politicians, by corporations, by religious organizations, I hear you. And, and maybe in, you know, feeling exhausted from being lied to by these organizations, you, you may have rebelled against them which has good in it, of course, you know, to rebel against something that is causing harm, there's definitely good in that. However, the challenge is in our rebellion, we can become efficient, you know, we get better at it by practicing, looking for the challenge in everything, and may fall into a frequency of cynicism that has no room for forgiveness, that has no room for mercy, and so therefore there's no room for peace. If there's no room for forgiveness or mercy, as we talked about in the previous episodes, how can there be room for peace? How can we make peace? How can we be a peacemaker? Even though, you know, the pointing out of flaws that we may be doing may have uh, be well-intentioned, but we get so good at being a cynic <laughs> that we, th you know, we think that everyone is wrong and we're right, which is a trip of the ego, and there's no room for making peace. Now, you know, I look at, from my perspective, I look at, you know, people who practice yoga saying you shouldn't practice that yoga or you shouldn't practice in this way or that this diet is spiritual and that diet is not spiritual and this is God and that isn't God and this is spiritual and that is not spiritual. We have spiritual people blaming religious people for the world's problems. We have religious people pointing the finger back at the spiritual people. We have the atheists blaming the religious. We have the, all these different groups of people engaged in this finger-pointing. Like I said, there may be some value in pointing out, oh, something's not right about this. There is value in that. But if we get stuck there, that's when it becomes very difficult to be a peacemaker, okay, if we get stuck there. 
We have fallen gurus to blame for tainting the practices that once brought us peace. We have pastors and priests to blame for breaking our trust. We have politicians to blame for not honoring our sovereignty, which is our right as human beings. We have colonialism to blame for systemic racism. We end up spending so much time and energy on looking for someone to blame that there's no room for peace. Remember in our previous session when I said God is love? Okay, So if the G word, uh, there's a lot of apologizing for the word God, and I understand why. It's more uh, apologizing for people who have misused that word. Okay, Apologizing for our uh, extended family of ancestors who have misinterpreted this word. So if that's a challenge for you, just replace it with love. Okay, God is love. So let's go back to the statement. Blessed are the peacemakers, the ones who are creating peace, for they will be called the children of love. So here's the big question. What does it look like to create peace amongst all of the corruption, the blame, the finger-pointing, the pain and the exploitation of the earth, her resources, and each other? What does it look like to create peace amongst all this corruption, blame, finger-pointing, pain, and exploitation of the earth, her resources, and each other? I'm going to let you ponder that one for a moment here, and we're going to go to a little break. Bless you. Thanks so much for listening to Revealing the Diamond. I want to let you know about a course that I have created. It's called the Quick Fix 6. It's a great program for anyone who's learning yoga, who wants to start a regular sadhana or spiritual practice. If that's you, please go to tiagaprem.com and go to the courses page, and it will allow you to sign up for any of the courses that I have. And I'm here today to recommend the Quick Fix 6 if you're interested in establishing a regular daily practice. If you want to go deeper after the course, or you want to go deeper now, you're ready, consider signing up for mentorship today. You can also find all the info for that on tiagaprem.com. Thanks for listening. All right, so welcome back. And I left you with a question before the break, and, and let's go back to that question. It's a big one. What does it look like to create? You could do this as a journaling exercise. What does it look like to create peace amongst all of the corruption, the blame, the finger-pointing, the pain and the exploitation from governments, from religious organizations, from media, social media, from corporate ethics, you know, or lack thereof? What does it mean to be a peacemaker amongst all of this? Think about it. Write about it. Let me know what you come up with. The pointing out of the problems, yes, is necessary. Like It's like recovery. You know, when somebody has a, a challenge with addiction, remember addiction is any repeated behavior that produces negative results that we continue to participate in. Okay? How do we break the cycle of addiction? The very first step or... Uh, movement or acknowledgement or agreement is to go, something's not right here. I've got a problem. Okay, so yes, 
Noticing that there's a problem, pointing out the problem is necessary. It's the beginning of the healing process. But the challenge is if we get stuck there, we end up just classifying ourselves as an addict. And that's it. I'm an addict. That's it. It's so defeating. You define yourself as the problem. That's not who you are. That's something you're experiencing and that you may need to change your relationship to. But it's not who you are. And that's sometimes what happens when we point out the problem in other areas of our life. Oh, look at the corruption over there. Everyone look, look, look. And we get so good at pointing it out that we forget <laughs> that there's another you know, 10 steps after that for the healing to take place. And so we can have compassion for somebody who's becoming very uh, adept at pointing out the problems in the world. We can have compassion for that and know that it's a necessary part of the healing and then skillfully encourage them to move through the process past the finger pointing. That's a peacemaker. Okay. The beginning of the healing process is to stop blaming. Take responsibility for the role that we've played in the problem and then begin the process of recovery the process of making peace in our world. And people are going to tell you that it can't be done. They may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> you all know it, right? The people will tell you. They'll tell you why it can't be done, and they'll tell you that the way you're doing it is wrong. I mean, that's what happened to me with drinking. I was met with by people who care about me who would say things like, oh, you don't have a problem, or it's just alcohol, or it's not that bad, or you'll never change, or why bother with rehab, or there's no such thing as a higher power, or blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on. But at the heart of it, I knew I had a problem. I had to do something about it. And, and part of the beginning of that process was really getting clear on there's a problem. But man, if you get stuck there, that's the cycle. That's the addictive cycle, getting stuck. Like you're aware of the problem, so you're ready for a change. But if you just stay there, then you're just a miserable person with a drinking problem. You know, either way, you lose kind of thing. And the same thing also happened to me in uh, spiritual pursuits, which is, by the way, where I found success in recovery, through yoga practice, through a devotional spiritual practice. You know, you can't practice that way because it's not the tradition. You can't practice that way because you're a white man. You can't practice that way because you won't make any money. You, you know, oh, yeah, you're a yogi. Oh, you must do it for the chicks in the yoga pants. It's just all nonsense and, and problematic. It seemed like everywhere I turned, there was somebody to tell me why I can't. And I'm learning that to be a peacemaker... What is required is some wisdom from experience, okay? some falling down to get back up, a little bit of grace, some forgiveness, and especially learning to listen, listen to myself, listen to my inner knower, to my guru, and listen to God, which the teachings say you become awakened when you recognize they're all one and the same. Okay? And when I say listening, what I'm saying here is a, a kind of listening that is in the sweetness of prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving, prayer like when you feel good kind of prayer. Mm -hmm. 
but it's also in the times of doubt and suffering. Doubt is a necessary part of faith. But we have got to learn to work with it. The same way as we notice that there's a problem, we acknowledge the problem, but we also are open to the possibility that a healing can take place in relationship to that problem because the doubt and the faith work together. And the listening is so, so, so key here so that when we come up against corruption, we have the capacity to call on the inner strength to love. And that inner strength comes from faith, a faith that has been strengthened by doubt, challenged by pain, both personally and interpersonally. Our capacity to serve, to create peace, is increased by our ability to live in a world that does not make peace a priority. I think we have to rewind and say that one again. Our capacity to serve, say it with me, my capacity to serve, to create peace, is increased by my ability to live in a world that does not make peace a priority. You hear what I'm saying there? Peace is not just when everything's going great and then I can enjoy my life. Please do enjoy your life when it's going great. But to be a peacemaker is to be out amongst the challenges and the exploitation and the corruption and the violence and the finger pointing and the blame and the all of that stems out of an insecurity that each individual is experiencing personally, intergenerationally, and then in the way that we relate with each other. Is this making sense to you? So you recognize that there's a problem. Yes, the world is full of corrupt politicians. Yes, the world is full of manipulative media. Yes, the world is full of people on social media pointing fingers, and even when you're just trying to get some peace in your life, coming around telling you that you're wrong and you shouldn't do it this way and you'll never be successful and you're, or blowing smoke. That exists. There are religious organizations that have caused pain, that have been manipulative. There are people who don't even believe that God exists, that are in positions of leadership in spiritual organizations who just want your money. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on. But to be a peacemaker is to cultivate a faith that has been processed through doubt, through challenge, through addiction, through depression, through anxiety, and by working with the poison that you've experienced, you've learned to uh, transmute it into medicine so that you can bring peace into environments where peace really shouldn't be able to grow. But because of a walking, talking miracle like you who's been through what you've been through and are here to tell the story... That's where the peace is going to come from, and that's what it means to be a peacemaker. And that's what will lead us into the next one about the persecuted. You ready for it? On the next episode of Revealing the Diamond, 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and for listening to the show. If you love the show, please rate us, review us, share us with your friends, and we'll see you on the next episode. Lots of love. Bless you. Thank you.